0: Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the Chief Executive Officer of the Northern Football Netball League, Peter McDougall. Peter, thank you for providing your time. Obviously, it's a, a difficult period for, for everyone around the world, and, and we're certainly not exempt from that at the Northern Football Netball League with this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Can you just give, a, I guess, a, a, an insight into the impact this potentially has on the NFNL, but also our member clubs?
1: Yeah, hi, Samuel. Um yeah, it is a it's a tough time for many people, football and industries. So we're not alone with dealing with this situation. Obviously, that's stating the obvious, but um, the impact on a football league is is significant um, in a number of areas. Uh, most uh, firstly, uh, we have staff that work for the league and uh, has a significant impact on on their livelihoods as well. Unlike our also like other industries. Um, so we're not alone there either, but you know, that's the reality of it all. But also financially for a league, you know, we have fixed costs, et cetera, that you know, we'll have to absorb um, whether we get a season up or not this year. Um, uh, potentially, it'll take us two budget cycles to get back to a normal budget cycle, say from what we had in 2018 or 2019. Um so that's going to be significant financial impact on the league, which we're going to have to find a way to absorb that, as I said. But uh, potentially, it could take the league up to 20 years to recover financially from this situation based on the small profits that we post each year. Um, if you extrapolate that out over the loss, um, it probably equals about 20 years' worth, possibly, so... Over a couple of years, we we could have a a couple of big losses financially just to recover from the financial impact uh, that that has. Um, We've developed a really good, strong model that we deliver and how we run our league in all areas, uh, and the customer service and support that we provide to our clubs. Uh, The feedback from the clubs has been really positive as far as their concerns about not losing the league and that they want... uh, the league people to be there for them when footy starts uh, because they're they're, they're so satisfied with uh, the support they get and the assistance they get from all staff. So that's important from our point of view to come back with the same model that we had in place uh, at the start of the year to be able to uh, maintain the product, our brand, our reputation in the community and the support that we can provide everybody uh, engaging with all our stakeholders. Uh, impact on clubs is is, is similar. Um, I suppose the point of difference between clubs in the league is that the clubs don't normally have uh, full-time staff working for them, so that makes it a bit easier. But um, saying that, this impact uh, certainly uh, has a, a significant uh, challenge for them to generate revenue uh, when you're not playing. Uh, they may have minimal costs, but even if we get a season up and running at some stage, uh, the club's earning capacity will be severely restricted uh, in a modified season. So whatever that season might look like, that won't be as simple as just people turning up and clubs generate the same sort of revenue they would have um, before this. So um, they're going to feel a bit of pain for a couple of years as well. Um, so it's, it's going to be a really challenging time, hopefully, you can get a season up so that um, we can get everybody out there involved again, playing, officiating or, or just spectating because I think uh, everybody's finding now that they're missing their local community sport greatly on weekends uh, with the self-isolation and being stuck at home. I think everyone's craving for something so the sooner we can get that the better.
0: Yes, certainly not not wrong there. I think we're all in the exact same boat with our our fingers crossed. Obviously, about a a month ago, um, all the local senior football competitions got together and there was a, a collaborative approach as to how we'd uh, operate going forward. Um, since then, obviously there was another update. So May thirty one now stands as the as the date in mind, I guess, for, for the postponement of the season. Uh, obviously, that can change depending on as information now comes to hand. But at what point or or a particular date do you do you reassess a, a potential starting date? And I guess what would actually need to take place in order for for action to to resume on the football field and netball courts.
1: Um. Unfortunately, uh, that decision is going to be in higher authorities than us with the government and the health organisations. But saying that, if if things go our way and uh, everyone keeps doing the right thing and then we flatten the curve, as they say, then that's going to give us so much more of a chance to get a season up. At the moment, yes, we've still got April and May to to see how things pan out. So It's still a fair bit of time to go. Um, things can change quickly. Um, so it just depends, yeah, on, on how it goes through April. And I think by the end of April, we'll have a better idea as to the trend and, and what's likely to occur by the end of May. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, that it's for the better, not for the worst. Um, we can start a season in June at the moment and still get in a a half season. So from that point of view, um, it's not all lost at the moment as much as it seems a long way off. I think whilst we've got a a milestone there, it still gives everyone hope. And I think this is the big thing out of this whole situation is that we don't want to have people lose hope that it's no chance of having a season. So, um, Just little things that that happen and and come along Uh, can hopefully just keep everyone's hopes up and uh, we just have to play a patient waiting game.
0: As a league, is there any consideration? Obviously, we're all remaining extremely hopeful that um, we can make something of the season, but is there a a date that, I guess, once you pass that certain point that you can't then prepare for a season that it gets too late in or are there contingencies in place where potentially we can play beyond the, I guess, September deadline that we've used in, in years gone by?
1: at this stage to finish on time in september which should um, the second last saturday in september is traditionally our division one grand final day um we can still get away mid-june and get um, a half season in where wherever plays at least each other once uh, we're working on a whole range of different models at the moment that's what it looks like um so yeah, so it would, it would be yeah, mid June. If, if something happened to free up in October, then um, that would be another bonus. Uh, to to but there's a lot of things would have to play out for that to happen, which is out of our control. But uh, who knows? But at this stage, we're working on the end of September as we would finish normally. So at the minute, our later starting time would be that. 20th of um, June
0: I guess it also provides you know, opportunity to, to be creative and if you know things do improve and, and we get uh, on the field from, from June I guess we'd still have a, a modified season but is there the potential to consider tinkering with you know fixtures or even perhaps the, the finals format in terms of getting more matches and, and clubs more opportunities to, to play a game
1: yeah, there is, and, and we've been throwing lots of ideas around, and this situation that we're all going through is an opportunity to just look at trying something different uh, in unusual circumstances. It allows you to maybe throw caution to the wind and, and try to do something a little bit different than you would traditionally do. Um, yeah, we might uh, go from a final five in some divisions to a final six, subject to how many weeks we can fit finals into, um, So, yeah, so if we can get an extra team or more teams playing finals, that that would be good. Uh, Our overall aim here when we start talking about these things is to look at how can we give everybody as many games as reasonably possible under the circumstances. Um, uh, Some junior clubs have spoken to us about, you know, do you modify the junior finals and have more home and away games so that way 100% of the kids get to play um, a few extra games rather than just the ones that make the finals or uh, in a shorter season, some junior teams have rostered players off. So do we look for this year to say, well, we, you can run an unlimited bench every home and away game like we do in our finals so that no child misses any weekend of footy in a modified season. So I think there, are the sort of examples that we're definitely looking at and definitely open to exploring all of those items Um, and and, and just see how it sits. We're talking to our clubs regularly as to their thoughts and and clubs are calling us and throwing ideas around. So, um, yeah, there's lots of different things that we can do that um, can give everyone, even if it's extra one game, is better than nothing in in a, a shorter season.
0: You mentioned from the outset that the, the impost on, on clubs to, to be able to generate money is going to be obviously a, a consideration that uh, that needs to be thought of going forward because there will be less opportunities, but obviously one element of, of that, that, when you look at expenditure for clubs at a senior level, is, is the payment of, of players. Is that something in terms of, um, you know, as a, as a league and as other community leagues, that's been discussed as to what happens with player payments throughout the 2020 season?
1: Absolutely, it has been discussed. Uh, we've spoken to every senior club as well uh, to gauge their thoughts. I sit on the state salary cap committee for with AFL Vic and other leagues, and, and we have had a couple of meetings on this just recently, throwing around uh, a consistent approach statewide. Uh, I can't speak on behalf of AFL Vic. There's been no uh, announcement yet as to what comes out of that, so I'll let them get their uh, ducks in a row there, from a, even from a player contract legal perspective if there's to be changes. Things like that need to be signed off on yet so that um, you know, we cover all bases. But, um, yeah, definitely um, there will be a reduction in player payments, uh, seeing we won't be playing a full season. So it does not make sense to have a, a full salary capital and clubs just won't have the capacity to generate the revenue to fulfil those obligations. So, therefore... Um, we need to be making decisions primarily on club sustainability here and that should be our number one focus when we're having these discussions and it is and um, we need to make sure that our clubs uh, whatever season we might get up this year if we do come out of this year and into next year in the best financial situation that they can considering the circumstances and if we can reduce the financial pressures with Player payments and salary caps, well, I think that's a pretty uh, simple thing to do and and it makes sense that that's the first area that we look at to take uh, some pressure off clubs and and they're all volunteers and they're entitled to be able to sleep at night, club presidents and treasurers then lie there awake thinking about how are they going to raise the money to meet their financial obligations. So from my point of view, it's up to us to help them by taking that pressure off by coming up with the right numbers for the salary cap and and that will come out. Uh, I'm expecting that there'll be something out very shortly on that, if not within days, um, that we'll be able to then communicate to our clubs. But the general response from our clubs is absolutely get it down. Um, we won't be able to raise the money and we won't be able to afford it. We totally agree with that um, and we'll get it down uh, as low as reasonably possible Um, but also making sure that the clubs can survive this year financially and not be dragged under by player payments.
0: And uh, also with our netball competitions, obviously an indoor competition played in, I guess, a more controlled environment. Is there potentially any scope that going forward there could be an earlier starting date to netball given the fact that you can control the environment the matches are
1: played in? Um, Possibly. Once again, we'll come back to the government relaxing social distancing rules. Um, But if that does happen and and you can start using indoor facilities uh, to uh, play basketball or netball or or any other highball sports, um, we could start netball as soon as um, that was possible. But also the luxury of netball is that we don't have to worry about seasonal agreements and and running into another sport's timeframes, i.e. cricket. So, therefore, we can still play a full Nepple season. And If that means we finish closer to Christmas, that's okay. Um, it won't affect us as much as uh, what it would be footy, obviously. Um, so, yeah, so Nepple's probably a bit fortunate from that point of view is that uh, whenever we can get a start... And more than likely, we'll be able to get a, a full season in, which uh, is good for everyone involved in the netball part of the league.
0: Well, Peter, we appreciate the update. Obviously, certainly trying times for, for everyone out there, but I uh, do appreciate you just giving a bit of clarity as to how the league's currently uh, uh, being impacted and, and, uh, and where we're looking to, to get to. But uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that the situation improves, that, that everyone stays uh, healthy and safe and that we do get some form of, of competition throughout the 2020 season.
1: Yeah, you're right. Thanks, Samuel. It's a a patient game at the moment. It's a waiting game, as I say to everyone. So I think if everyone just does the right thing and remains patient, um, hopefully we can come out of this sooner than later.